everything goes there. There's like men fucking men. There's like obviously women with women and all there's orgies. And then there's, they have the X frames there. There's all the sex toys, but it's, it's a large venue because I love women. I just love our feminine bodies and our forms, but I really love cock too. So I feel like I need both in that part of the equation. I love the scissoring. I love going down on women. Oh. I love, like, I, I definitely love everything about that. But I also love watching him with another woman. Germany, I think, has probably oh. the biggest density of sex clubs there is. Germans are the kinkiest culture I have yet to meet. Really? <laughs> and so you would be very surprised about the cities that you go to that have these clubs. One of my friends actually has a, she calls it her passport. Wherever she travels, she goes to a, a local sex club. Because they're always oh. very inviting to her as a single woman. I'm just sitting back in this chair in the hotel room watching her like in ecstasy from him, from riding him and having him go down on her. It's so fun. It's I just feel like a cheerleader on the other side, like, go babe. And he said, Well, you know, I don't I don't not like making out. I just don't like the way that you make out. And I oh. was just daggered. I mean, we were sleeping with other people. Get ready. This is Consenting Adults. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well, you might want to pull out now. So dirty talk, so yeah. sex talk. Yeah, it, it started off as dirty talk. I was actually, like, very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people, that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and you find it a turn-on to hear about what he did. Yeah, and then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Well, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. My guest today is Aaron who seven years ago got on a swinger dating website, created a profile, kind of dipped her toes into this. She did it along with, I'm assuming he was your then boyfriend? Yes, boyfriend. Oh, now he's her fiance. And they did this while they lived in San Diego. Where are you now? So right now we are in Spain, in Mallorca, in the Mediterranean. Nice. Do you find that um, Americans are a little more uptight about sex? than most yes. people in other areas of the world, especially where you are? Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's funny though, because my European friends here believe that Americans are very sexually explorative and very open about that because all they see is Hollywood and they right. see us wearing these vampy dresses. And they think that all Americans are like that. Even when they go visit America, that was something that I really saw at an early age about how repressed we were sexually as a culture in the U.S. Is there a big swinger or lifestyle population over there that you know of? In Europe in general, there definitely is, especially in Germany. Germany, I think, has probably oh. the biggest density of sex clubs there is. Germans are the kinkiest culture I have yet to meet. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you heard of, uh, there's a, a club called Kit Kat. Everything goes there. There's like men fucking men. There's like obviously women with women and all, I, there's orgies. And then there's, they have the X frames there. There's all the sex toys, but it's a, it's a large venue. Uh, but in general, like especially when we were in Paris, there were sex clubs there and all over the world. It's something, I mean, as we know, like in this community, everything is very underground. And so you would be very surprised about the cities that you go to that have these clubs. One of my friends actually has a, she calls it her passport. Wherever she travels, she goes to a, a local sex club because they're always oh. very inviting to her as a single woman. Hmm, mm -hmm. All right. 
Okay, so why did you guys start that profile? Was there anything missing? Was it stale or were you just adventurous? Yeah, so, you know, him and I connected early on in our relationship as both being very sexually explorative. And we neither of us had had this kind of relationship before. And the reason why it came up was because we were very open about talking about this part of our lives and part of our past and what we've explored and what we wanted to do next. And he had just randomly brought up this story about when his friend had snuck him in to a sex party, to a swingers party. And like in his backpack? How did they sneak him in? Yeah. He worked at a hotel. So he knew this swingers party was going to do a hotel takeover. So he snuck his friend in, which was my fiance now. And he said, it was the wildest thing you've ever seen. And I'm sitting there like, wait a second. My previous understanding of swingers was that you have, and I have no idea where I got this idea from, but it was, you go to these parties and you throw your keys in a jar and you take who's ever keys. And again, I have no idea where I got that from, but that's what I thought it was. And then we were like, well, we have to see what this is because this sounds so interesting. And we watched a couple of YouTube videos and we said, okay, we're both into group sex. We both love this dynamic. So why not explore it? Okay. So, so then you, you both have had group sex before. Yes. Like threesomes. Yeah. We've had threesomes oh, that's before. That's not really a group. Yeah. Not like, not anything like a, a swingers party for sure. Right, okay. But we were both interested in it. I think it'd be really hot to have sex together with another couple. Like that would be a cool way to even get to know ourselves better. And the funny thing is, I do think is that a lot of people, especially my friends who are vanilla or not lifestyle, they always think like, oh, is it because something was boring? But it's not. It's it's a totally different thing. It's like apples and oranges. They're, you can't compare the two. Hey, would you say that it's actually just the opposite, that you actually need a relationship that's pretty strong, right? Absolutely. To be able to take part in lifestyle activities. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Like that's, and that's one thing too that I always see that's troublesome is like I have some friends or that have had friends and they're like, yeah, our friends had a trouble with their marriage so that they decided to open the marriage and see what happened. And I, it's interesting how that's always the first way to go to like, oh, introducing other people in our relationship will fix it. When in actuality, it just blows everything to pieces because it is very confronting to your insecurities. When you are in the lifestyle or any sort of like really non-monogamous relationship, your insecurities are right in front of your face. You can't be like possessive of your partner and just tell them you're not allowed to look at other women because like when you're in the lifestyle, everything is right there. You have to confront it. You have to work through it, which mm-hmm. I found to be like one of the coolest benefits of this really. So I feel uh, more solid and confident as a person and expressed in my sexuality. What I'm interested in talking to you about is because sometimes when swingers tell their stories, people like, oh, so they dip their toes and it was great. It's the greatest thing. They're never looking back. But a lot of times we don't discuss kind of like the growing pains of swingers, right? It's the challenges and the struggles and the hurdles that you have to go through before it becomes something awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. I mean, like, first thing on everyone's mind, especially vanilla people, is jealousy. Like, Mm -hmm. how could you do that? I wouldn't be able to do that kind of a thought. Was there jealousy? Did you have to deal with that? Yes. So it's one of my favorite stories to tell because there's been multiple moments of jealousy that both of us have had to work through. But one of my favorite moments was we started dipping our toes into the water within the first year of our relationship. So we were always very open and honest and having these kinds of conversations And then three years into our relationship, I had always thought that he didn't like making out. 
I thought that he was, he was always a kind of avoidant of like having this makeout thing. And I don't know if it was like the teenager in me that wanted to just have a real makeout session, but he was never into it. And I just thought that that was just not his thing, which is fine. Like I can get that. Do you mean like kissing? Yeah, like like kissing, kissing. like like hardcore kissing. Like he loves kissing, but as soon as it became into like a makeout session, which would, that's what I would call it as a teenager. uh, That's when he would kind of like, you know, switch gears. And eventually I said, yeah, it kind of sucks that you don't like making out. And, and he said, well, you know, I don't, I don't not like making out. I just don't like the way that you make out. And I was just daggered. I mean, we were sleeping with other people. Actually, at this point, we had opened our relationship further. So we were having solo adventures. And so we're at this whole new level of like being open and honest. And I'm thinking, I mean, we could have been working on this for years. Like if this was something that you didn't enjoy, like I'm all for it. Like I'm a total nerd in lingerie. I love learning new things. Like let's try to do it differently. Teach me how you like to do it. You know, I went through this whole spiral and then I felt, I thought, I thought I had felt better about it. And then when he was back in San Diego, he went on this date with this girl. And I'm one of those ones that loves, we love sharing all the dirty details of our stories. So he's telling me the whole, like he was at the bar and then he leaned over and they started making out at the bar. And at the moment, at that moment, I didn't realize what had triggered me. And we were on the phone when he was telling me this. So he didn't see this whole like meltdown on the other side <laughs> of the phone. And I, I just felt like lava had poured over my body. It was the most wow. like just a heavy, heavy feeling that I hadn't felt in so long. And I didn't know what it had. had so we got off the phone. Wait, but did you recognize it as jealousy? I knew I was jealous, heat? but I didn't understand why. Okay. And that's and that's the thing is that I hear people all the time, friends, especially in response to me telling them I'm in lifestyle. The first thing they say is like, oh, that's cool, but I would never be able to do it because I'm a jealous person. And I think that that's something that we really need to work on as a culture is because there is no such thing as a jealous type. Jealousy is an umbrella term. And that's what I came to understand because after the call... I literally went to Google and I typed in, what is jealousy? And I, and one of the first things that came up was jealousy is an umbrella term. It's not an actual feeling. And that's why people get stuck in jealousy because they don't get curious about what is beneath that. So then I went back through the story and I was like, okay, there has to be something that triggered me in this. And it was as soon as he has said that they started making out the bar And then I realized, oh, I'm still insecure about the way that I kiss him because he doesn't enjoy it. And then as soon as I identified that, it was an instant lift. And it was so, and then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I need to actually be more proactive about learning new ways to kiss. Like, let's get more explorative about this. And so then I was able to work through it myself. So did you? I mean, what didn't he like? So one of the things... Yeah. Yeah. That was the most funny thing. So really it was just that I'm, I guess I'm a hard kisser. Like I guess oh. I really get into it and I just go in and, ha- and so you're like the stiff tongue person. You're I, like, but I, I, and I, he's like, like, I don't even do tongue like really that much. I mean, I'm, you don't, I, I don't, I usually receive more tongue than I give. And so now I'm like, because I've never had anyone say that to me, like I've had a, done, a bunch of makeout sessions at this point. And so I'm thinking like, oh, cool, I, I'm well reviewed. And then, but he has, he likes his, this pullback and he likes very soft and slow kissing. So now oh. we have it figured out, but that's what, that was the trigger because I thought that I had, I thought that I had dealt with it. I thought that I felt more confident in the way that I was kissing him. But in reality, I was just still avoiding kissing him because every time I started kissing him, I started getting into my head of thinking like, 
but am I doing it right? Is he, is he right. liking it? Um, which is so funny because we talk about, you know, oh, you're with this woman and you did X, Y, Z and you were like going down on her. And then she, and it was just, I love all these details. And then this one little thing. And that's because it showed me a part of myself that I was not confident in. But I felt so empowered by going that extra step because then it didn't control me. Then I got to enjoy the whole amazing story of him having this like amazing night with this woman. And I didn't have to just sit there and feel like shit. You know, I didn't have to feel like terrible and heat. And I wish that more people would be curious of looking beyond that. And I think that that's what lifestyle can do for you because you can't get away from it. If you you are insecure about something, it's going to be triggered. It just is. Understanding that it's not a comparison game. It's not about who's better. I love, you know, going down on another woman with him because I'm always like, oh, what new skills does she have? What can I learn? And and if he really loves it and enjoys it, like that's something I want to learn. But I don't see it as like, oh, why? Why does she know this trick? And how does she able to do this to him? Like, that's just not a thing for me. Oh, you and, mean going down on him with another woman? Yes. Going down on her. On, like, I'm so, sorry, but, on him. Sorry. I'm totally messing. And now I'm Aaron, thinking in terms of like an orgy and group sex and my mind Aaron, is getting twisted. <laughs> okay. So you, en- so you enjoy going down on him with another woman. Yes. So yes. you can learn if she's got like, other skills. Yeah. If she's, because All right. that's what I think. Uh, have you done it the other way? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Are you bisexual? Yes. Well, I, yeah, I would say I'm bisexual. I've actually never dated a woman or, or been with a woman solo. That's still kind of on my list. I'm like, I wonder if I would still get, because I love playing with women. Like my hmm. favorite dynamic is the threesome, uh, like a, with a, a MFF. And I love that because I love women. I just love our feminine bodies and our forms, but I really love cock too. So I feel like I need both in that part of the equation, but I've never right. explored it. So I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> so, but do you think it's a, um, is it just a physical thing? And is part of the thing about a threesome that you like is actually seeing your partner with this other woman? Or do you like the female, female thing? I like, love the female, physically... female thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love, I love the scissoring. I love going down on women. Oh. I love, like, I, I definitely love everything about that. But I also love watching him with another woman. It's like the, one of my sexiest memories where we had linked up with this girl in Chicago and we had taken her out on a date, which was also really fun to like take out another girl. And we went to like a comedy show and went to dinner and it was like this really fun buildup. And it, that was really nice for me too, because I'm very, I've always been very bold with men. I'll ask for what I want and I, I will go after them. Like if I see someone that's really attractive in a bar, I'll always go up to them. But with girls, I get so shy and oh. my fiance thinks it's absolutely hilarious. Cause he's like, I don't, I don't understand why, like, cause he's like, who's going to make the first move. And, but that was nicer because I was able to have this build up and like build up confidence and have some sort of rapport with her. But anyway, that was one of my favorite memories was that night in Chicago, because I'm just sitting back in this chair in the hotel room, watching her like in ecstasy from him, from writing him and having him go down on her. It's so fun. It's, I just feel like a cheerleader on the other side, like go babe. I'm proud of your skills. <laughs> All right. So you've done the, that was MFF. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and obviously you've done the FMF. Yes. Have yeah. you done the, oh three, gosh. The threesome with two guys. Well, like, yeah. So, but there's 
FM, no, MFM. MFM, yes. right? Yes, okay. I have, have done that as well. How about the MMF? MMF. So I will be honest that I'm not that sure about the the differences between the because the M, the MMF is when that means there's stuff going on between the M and the M, right? Like, okay, so we haven't done that. We haven't explored yeah. that dynamic. Is there any interest? I don't know. Actually, it should actually be something that I ask, but he hasn't brought it up yet. Okay, so is he's he definitely not great. like. Yeah, he's definitely not like, oh, I can't be touched by other men. I think that okay. if you're having any reason, like, he's totally, he loves the the MFM because he loves watching me with another man. Because you're up so up and close with your partner, you don't get to see these angles. And also seeing someone else get pleasured by your partner is just well, it's, it's It's live porn, right? It is. Your favorite porn star right in front of you. <laughs> nice. All right. Is there anything that, uh, that you haven't done that you kind of want to? So one of the things that I, I would love to do is do like a small, like, like a house party that's more like orgy. And that's all honestly on one of the things like I am doing coaching, but one of the things I, I'm really curious about doing in the future is doing these events because I have been to a bunch of different parties, but they're, I just feel like they're lacking in a lot of ways. And I oh. would love to have people get to know each other more and kind of like build this because one of the things that we have, we have friends in the lifestyle that just like, like to get down and dirty fast and like that's mm. their style. But we found that both of us are more of like, we want that chemistry. We want to feel that connection with people because I, when I was in Lisbon, I was super naughty one weekend and I was just super horny and I was like, okay, well, let's see what I can get into all the trouble. And so I thought I'd try like, okay, I'm going to meet this guy and we're going to sext online and then I'm just going to have him directly over to the house because I thought that would be hot. And, and it was sex, you know, but you don't, for me, I just don't do this for quantity. I do it for like this other, like, how do I express myself with someone that's totally different from my partner? Because there's all these different kinks and all these different flavors of of men and women. And it was just like, there was not enough buildup. And so, so I would you love to be have a party an event dynamic planner. Like that. So you want yeah. you, you to start having sex parties of your yes, own because you know what I you absolutely. like. Yeah, that's a hundred percent on my vision board. <laughs> what makes a good sex party in your eyes? One of them is definitely the number of people that are there. Because I think that when there's too many, it could definitely be hot, right? Because you end up with a dog pile. But that's what you get at some of these larger swinger parties that we went to one that was hosted by a company called Plush Parties, for example, in Palm Springs. And it was amazing because there's so many different people there to meet. But I like to be more intentional about the kind of people that we curate together. Like I would personally like to get to know people and then curate a group of maybe 10 people max. And then we rent like a finca here on the island or do some really cool like destination and some of these other beautiful European destinations where it's like a weekend. And so we get to have like hang out and have dinner together and have fun. But then there's always this like other side of it where you can just, hey, do you you want to go up to our room? And and I just, I like that chemistry piece of it. And it, plus it'd be really fun to invite some sex educators in so we could do some fun like classes and just be open because I think that's one of the coolest things also about this is that when you go to parties, you meet the coolest people. Like we've met people that are so friendly and so open. And the truth is, is that they're just expressed and they, they can talk to their partners openly about what they want and they can experience everything on the spectrum of what their fantasies are. And so you, and I would love to be more around more of these kinds of people. When we're talking about the uh, different types of people 
and being able to more or less control the group and to control the kinds of people that, that you're getting together with. Most people who don't know the lifestyle, like you with the key party thing, whatever it is, and I don't know where we all got it because I, ha- I had the same thing, right? I don't know where I got it. We don't have swinger education, yet we all think of these swingers as kind of these creepy people who, you know, they get together and it's like, oh, but I wouldn't really want to have sex with those people. And yet I'm finding out that there are professionals, there are attractive, intelligent people. Can you talk more about the types of people you do run into in the lifestyle? Yeah. You know, I think that that's great that you said that because there are extremely attractive, very intelligent people. And and that's also really part a funny part of the experience is because you meet the, especially parents. I love meeting parents because we met this really cool couple. They're just so hot, both of them. And she said, because she was in this crazy, cool, like puffy outfit. Can't even remember the theme that was that night. And her daughter, she videoed her before she came down for the party. And she's like, mom, why are you wearing all these clothes? And she's like, oh, we're going to a Halloween party. And I mean, she's younger, right? So she doesn't understand that it's not even October. We're not anywhere close (laughs) Halloween. But it was so cute because she's able to still, she calls her daughter before she goes and has her adult time. And she's not putting aside like her desires to just be a mom. And so I love seeing those dynamics with parents. And then there's obviously some very like different, like high profile people. So that's one of the things that was interesting too, is I feel like a lot of the people that I do find at parties are very confident in their relationships. They have very healthy relationships, great communication, but then they also are like highly successful. And I think, again, that comes to of like, if you are confident in yourself and you're feeling good about yourself and what you've created in your uh, in these other areas of your life, then you can feel comfortable exploring sex. I would be interested in diving more into that theory and seeing that, but everyone that we've met is very successful, very successful, and, and usually very financially successful as well. And I well, here, am interested hold on. Here's to see. my Aaron. Here's my theory. Okay, I love to hear it because I've seen it with uh, people I know. But I think that the more successful and more powerful you are, like the more kink you need, like the regular stuff just doesn't do it for them anymore. They want more. It's kind of like, yeah, they can have a little Honda, but no, they want the McLaren. Right. They're not afraid to ask for the most. So they can have more Mm -hmm. and and they can handle it. Right. And they're not settlers. They don't settle for mediocre. Right. And but I think it's just the more you have. Mm -hmm. the more you want. But back to the theory. And the theory was, I know some really rich, powerful people and they're freaky. They're freakier than anyone else I know. And I don't know. And so I really think that it's like the richer you are, the more powerful you are, the more kink you need. And I think there's two sides of that because I think also it's this idea of security. Like I think in our, these relationships, like that's what we were talking about earlier, right? Is that you have to have a healthy relationship. This is not like this last ditch effort of like, let's open it up and throw in other people in the mix and then it's going to save our marriage. Right. Um, because you do, you do need to have this level, like this high level of like radical honesty and openness with your partner on whatever spectrum that is. Like some couples don't share all the dirty details and that's totally fine as long as it's agreed. And that's mm-hmm. 
that's also what I love is that every agreement is unique to every couple. Everyone that's in the lifestyle is very aware of like what they're unique and no one's trying to push you outside that either. The most consensual sex I've ever had. Like people are so respectful of your boundaries. But I think that that's also where when you feel safe in your relationship, Mm -hmm. you feel safe to explore because you feel like you have this to come back to. Being a swinger is not a gateway drug to being open. It's just that that's where we wanted to expand. We have tons of friends that have been in the lifestyle for years and years and years, and they've never done these solo adventures. And that's totally fine. So I always always get worry around that of telling people like, once you have it, you're just going to want more and more and more because I'm like, it's not a gateway drug. Relax. As long as you're on the same page, that's the only thing that matters. You enjoy the lifestyle mm-hmm. on a level that's beyond just, oh, we get to go out and have sex with other people. You really like to get into the psychology of it, the why as well, mm-hmm. right? And not just the what. I've always been very sex positive. I've always wanted to help people express themselves through sex. I think that sex is play. I think that sex can be an adventure. Regardless of what your relationship dynamic is, how can you express yourself better and actually live out your fantasies instead of just living them inside your brain? Because I think that they deserve more than that. And I think that there's no need for us to have mediocre sex lives or relationships that go stale. And for some people that might be becoming monogamous and exploring and and finding other people into their relationship. Um, But, you know, if you're not into group sex, maybe that's not for you. But there's a lot of us who who love it. And uh, there's just just some sex that you cannot have unless you have multiple hands in the mix. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to connect with Erin, she's on Instagram at turnonwitherin. Next time on Consenting Adults, what's harder to find than a unicorn? A cup queen. But we found one. Actually, she found us. And she's got a lot to share. And then she got on top of me when he finished. Sat on my face. And I cleaned her out. (laughs) It was... I definitely wasn't expecting it. Mm, Did it turn you on? Absolutely. That's next time on Consenting Adults.